Good morning, church. Welcome to everyone watching or listening. As Dio said in the beginning, we are praying for many of you going through difficult situations, yet we are also rejoicing with those who are experiencing healing and breakthroughs in their lives. Let us not give up meeting together like this. Let us not give up praying for one another. Let us not give up encouraging one another whenever we can through social media, telephone calls, or any other means available to us. With the Lord's help, we will get through this disruptive time. Amen. Last week, I spoke to you about the importance of pruning trees for better growth and fruitfulness. Fruitfulness was a regular topic in the teachings of Jesus. Listen to some of the things Jesus said. He said, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. But he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. For every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. And as we heard last week, the Father is glorified when we bear much fruit. <laughs> it is clear from what Jesus is saying that when he is talking about trees bearing fruit, he is not talking about trees bearing fruit. <laughs> he is talking about people. People living in such a way that is pleasing to God. Living according to the way that they were designed to live. They were created to be in relationship with God. Amen. To be connected to God through the salvation which Jesus Christ offers. Man will only find true meaning and fulfillment when they are in harmony and in relationship with God Almighty. Amen. So we do not try to produce fruit so that we can be acceptable to God. It's not salvation by works. And in fact, we cannot produce good fruit if we are separated from God. Not consistently anyway. The idea is that first we get connected to God through the salvation that Jesus provides. And then because we are connected to God, we produce good fruit. Amen. Today I want to look at a parable which Jesus spoke about a tree that was bearing no fruit at all. You find this parable, the story in Luke chapter 13, and I'll be reading from verses 6 to 9. He, Jesus, also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. 
Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said, Sir, let it alone for this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. A very short story with very long-term implications. The man had a fig tree and he wanted fruit out of it. Isn't that why you plant a fruit tree? You don't plant a fig tree just to have shade in your backyard. You want fruit. He gave it real estate. A portion of his property was dedicated to this tree. He cared for it. He watered it and took care of this tree so that it could produce. And so he expected that the tree would do what it was meant to do. Produce figs. After three years, which it's a time in which a fig tree should be producing, after three years, no fruit. He said, hey, cut it down. It's just wasting space over here. However, the keeper, the gardener, he intervenes and proposes that he waits one more year. He says, sir, give this tree one more year. And in that year, he would take care of it. He would cultivate it. He would make sure that the ground around the, the tree was soft. You'd remove all the weeds and anything that would be taking energy away from the tree. He would fertilize the tree with manure. That's what the original says. And then after a year, if there was no fruit, then he could consider cutting it. Now, the story ends there. We do not know what happened to that tree in that story. We do not know what happened after one more year had gone by. So, what does this unfinished story have to do with us? What does a story told many years ago, 2,000 years ago, an unfinished story, what has that got to do with you and me here today? Well, a lot. Who or what is the fig tree? In Scripture, figs and grapevines are used as symbols for Israel, for the nation of Israel. For instance, in the book of Isaiah, we read, I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first fruits on the fig tree in its first season. This is God speaking in Hosea 9 verse 10. Jesus spoke this parable in the presence of Jews. So it certainly does have an application to the nation of Israel. But the parables of Jesus have a wider application. The fig tree could refer to nations, groups of peoples, churches, 
and individuals. In other words, you and me. This fig tree could be you and it could be me. In my message today, I will apply this parable to the nation of Israel and to individuals. In other words, to you and I. The owner of that vineyard and the fig tree, the owner is a picture of God the Father. The keeper of the vines is a picture of Jesus. So you see that God, he owns the field, he owns the tree, and God in the person of Jesus cares for the tree. God has created us for relationship with him. He has created us with purpose and with meaning in our lives. Before the world was created, we were in his mind and he chose us to be in relationship with him. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 says the following. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. As you continue reading that chapter 1 of Ephesians, uh, you see that because God knew that we would not be perfect, he sent Jesus to make things right so that we could be adopted as God's children and so live forever in relationship with him. Not only did God choose us to be with him, but he also gave us purpose in life. Ephesians 2.10 says the following, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So even before we were created, God had purpose in mind for us. And He created good works, good things, good deeds for us to do. So our life, has purpose and meaning in Him. When our lives do not align with His purposes, our lives lose the purpose and meaning for which we were created. We lose our relationship with God, and in turn, we cannot be part of God's kingdom. This parable indicates that God will judge those who do not bear the fruit they were designed to bear or those who do not bear fruit at all. God is patient and kind, but God is also just, and He will bring judgment on those who turn away from Him and His ways. This is because God is the Creator. Only in Him do we find eternal life. You may live your life on earth any way you want to, but... You can only live with God eternally by being in a relationship with Him. Sin separates man from God. But in His mercy and love, Jesus came to pay the penalty for our sin so that we could be restored to a relationship with God. It requires repentance. Repentance means a change of mind, a change of thinking. Instead of thinking according 
according to the values and the ways of this world, we choose to think according to the ways and values of God as revealed to us in the Bible. Repentance means to turn away from something and turn towards something. It means turning away from a sinful life, from sinful life patterns and turn to living God's way. Repentance is a choice. And when you make that choice, you are made a child of God and he will be with you, helping you to make the changes and to become the person he wants you to become. So let's look at this parable as it applies to Israel. Notice verse 7. It says, for three years I have come seeking fruit from this tree. For three years, Jesus ministered to Israel, yet they kept rejecting him until eventually they killed him. God wants to judge Israel for consistently turning against him. But Jesus says, one more year, one more year. Listen, we serve the God of one more year, the God of of second chances but eventually a day of judgment will come to all what happened jesus died he was buried he rose again the fig tree of israel was taken care of how israel witnessed the life the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. The gospel was preached in Jerusalem and surrounding areas by the apostles. They were cultivated with the preaching of the gospel with signs and with wonders. Yet, as a nation, they did not repent. One more year for Israel actually turned out to be 40 years. And in the year 70, the axe was laid upon the tree of Israel. Israel ceased to be a nation when the Romans destroyed the temple and Jerusalem. Israel ceased to exist as a nation until 1948 when it started budding again. And ancient prophecies concerning Israel are being fulfilled before our eyes today. Jesus spoke this parable primarily to the Jews. So the fig tree as it pertains to Israel did not bear fruit in that one more year and was therefore cut out. But this parable also has a universal application in that God is always seeking fruit in our lives, always loving us and drawing us to him. But sometimes in the lack of fruitfulness, it may lead to judgment. That fig tree represents you and me too. And so the story of this fig tree, your story and my story, is still being written. 
The Lord is taking care of us. In Him, we live and move and have our being. The Word is going out. The message is being preached. How are you responding? How are the fig trees around us responding to the message? The fruit that God is looking for is not the fruit that the world is looking for. The world looks for the fruit of money, power, fame, pleasures of the flesh. We are supposed to produce fruit worthy of repentance, of having a mind change, a values change. You cannot say you are a changed person if others cannot see a change in you. I mentioned earlier that Jesus spoke about bad trees that produce bad fruit and good trees that produce good fruit. Last week, we looked at what good fruit looks like, the fruit of the Spirit. If you missed that message, please go and listen to it or watch it. Let's quickly take a look at what bad fruit looks like. It is called the works of the flesh. And you find it in Galatians 5, verses 19 to 21. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Take time and read this list again. See if there are some things in your life that still need to be pruned out. As you read this list, you might come across some items that need to be pruned off. When you go through the list, there might be some things that you say, man, I'll I'll never do this. I could never, I've never done this. I could never do it. On the other hand, you might come across some items that are maybe still in your life or maybe the temptation is still frequently there. And so we need to take these things to the Lord and allow His work in our lives and make that decision that we will not produce bad fruit. Amen? Take it to the Lord. Let Him deal with it. Repent. Amen? Now, talking about repentance and about sin is not popular these days. People want to love the way they want to love and they only want to hear good things, you know, blessings, love, and that kind of stuff. But in this parable, Jesus makes it quite clear that the Father inspects the trees, inspects trees, inspects your life, inspects my life. And if there is no fruit, it will eventually be cut off. Notice verse 21 of Galatians 5. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit 
the kingdom of God. Listen, exclusion of the kingdom of God is actually self-exclusion. Notice it says they will not enter it. They'll rather choose the pleasures of the flesh and of this world than choosing to enter the kingdom of God. The truth is that all have sinned and all need a savior. Have you made that commitment to Jesus? Will you enter the kingdom? In other words, are you willing to enter the kingdom of God? Now it is time to bear fruit. Good fruit. Bearing no fruit is as bad as bad fruit. You will be cut out. There will be judgment. Jesus did not tell the story to scare people, but to alert people. And today he's alerting you and I of these realities. The context of the story when Jesus said it was in the context of an atrocity and an accident. People had just reported to Jesus that Pilate had sacrificed some Jews in Galilee. He had merciless killed some Jews as part of his rituals. Wow, that's a terrible thing. Then Jesus reminds them of 18 people who were killed when a tower in Siloam collapsed. Two tragic events. One, an act of intentional evil. The other one, an accident. And then Jesus answers an unspoken question which still lingers in people's minds today when tragedy happens to people. Why did it happen to them? What did they do wrong to deserve this? And Jesus answers directly. If you're reading Luke chapter 13, verse 2 to 5, you hear Jesus, he says, Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans? He's referring to those who were killed because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Jesus brings these real life circumstances to focus on eternal values. Bad things happen in this world. Some, some bad things happen due to evil acts of people. Some bad things happen due to accidents. The big question is, are you ready for eternity? That was the focus of Jesus. Because the most important thing is to be ready to spend eternity with God. It may sound insensitive the way that Jesus responded to these tragedies. He's just heard this terrible news and he responds like this. 
But it shows where reality lies. There is a life after this life, which is far more real and more important than this life on earth. Take care of your life on earth, yes, but not at the expense of your life in eternity. Make your life count on earth. Let your life produce good fruit on earth. Listen, we are living in testing times. There are people dying around us. Those who are dying are not dying because they are greater sinners than others. It is the way of this world. Time and chance happens to everyone, says Ecclesiastes 9.11. But if we don't repent, we could likewise perish. That is, our life could come to an end on earth and we could not be prepared for eternity. So the message of Jesus is repent. You have one more year. In God's mercy, one year may actually be many years. But none of us knows when our year comes to an end. So repent and be prepared. And enjoy one more year, however long that one more year may be on this planet but do it in harmony with God, bearing much fruit for His glory. Amen? Let us pray and close this time together. Father, thank you for one more year. And if you're watching this program, if you're listening to this program, you still have time. Your year is not up yet. Father, help us to consider this message today, Lord to allow you to examine our lives and to choose to enter the kingdom, to turn our backs on the works of the flesh and to turn towards the fruit of the Spirit, to turn towards you, Father God, to embrace Jesus, embrace your values, embrace your word, Lord, and live a fruitful life on this earth for your glory and for your honor. I pray for everyone watching, everyone listening, Lord God. You know their needs. You know their anxieties. Father, I pray your blessing upon them. I pray healing. I pray breakthroughs, Father God. I pray your peace. And Father, that all of us may be able to say, yes, I am ready. I am connected to the Lord. When my year is over, I know exactly where I am going. But while I'm here, I'm going to do some good things for the kingdom of God. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you. May the love of God the Father be with you. May the grace and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ fill your life and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you as you continue bearing good fruit for His glory. We'll see you next week. God bless you.